tonight we are continuing our series um, called Rhythm. And I know we did a little bit of an experiment a couple weeks ago, um, whenever uh, the week before the get down, and uh, we did uh, a video teaching. And so we just talked about, uh, you know, how we, we do things in rhythm, right? We, when we want to get better at a sport, we practice and we do it a lot. And as we do things more, we get better at it. And so that's really what we're going to look at in this series is, is kind of creating a rhythm with God. And so... But before we get into the message, I, just, I want to tell you, I grew up, right, and I know you're like, in the Stone Ages, yeah, it's true. But, um, but here's the deal. When I grew up and was, was in high school, um, and the church that I was going to, and, and really the church in general, really, at that time, was, it was, I just, looking back, I feel like it had to do a lot about with what I did, right? I felt like, like when I, I grew up in Missouri, right, so I'm kind of, you know, half redneck and uh, want to be redneck like we talked about last week. And I grew up in Missouri, so like listening to country music was just like what I did, right? I mean, it just was like, it was like part of who I was. But I never will forget, like, I, got, I would kind of get in trouble when I would pull in the, the, you know, I was a typical teenage kid, you know, pull in with my music blaring, um, you know, in my dad's 1988 Bronco 2, you know, I, you know, I was trying to look the part. And... Um, so, <laughs> excuse me. Um, so I pull in and I, I've got my country music blaring or whatever. And I remember my youth pastor and his wife would always kind of get on me about my music. And, you know, because back then, you know, you didn't watch Disney movies, you didn't watch, you know, rated R movies, you didn't do all these things. And, and not that there's anything wrong with not watching those things, because a lot of those things, um, you know, today I would say you probably shouldn't do. But it, for me, it became like this this requirement for my life, that if I was going to be a good Christian, or if I was going to have a relationship with God, that there were just a whole lot of things that I wasn't supposed to do. And so, and, and if I didn't, if I wasn't listening to Christian music all the time, 24-7, then I really wasn't living a good Christian life, right? And so today we're going we're gonna to talk about this idea of learning how to love God with all of our heart. We're going to talk about learning how to love God with all of our heart. Because isn't it true that, that we all have times when we feel distant from God simply because of our mood? Maybe it's because of our decisions. Maybe it's because of how long it's been since we did something that honored God. You know, for, for many of us, we really base our feelings, or base our relationship with God on how we feel. There, there are many that may not be here tonight because I'm not feeling it, right? How many of you have kind of gotten to a Sunday afternoon and your mom or dad said, hey, you're going to go to 189? You're like, nah, I'm not really feeling it. Just not feeling like going to church. Just don't feel like it. You know, I honestly, as a parent, I wish I had a dollar for uh, every time my daughter said, I don't feel like doing something, you know. I wish I, I could probably buy a new car. But anyway, I just wish that I had a dollar. Oh, 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 it's not my oldest in the room. Never. No, no. It's, it's not her at all. It's definitely my other daughter. <clears throat> anyway. Um, okay. We'll talk about that after tonight at home. But anyway. So, because wasn't it yesterday that you were asked to put away some clothes? I don't feel like it. Anyway, 
pretty sure we had that conversation yesterday. Anyway, I won't, I won't embarrass her any further tonight. But here's the thing. How many of us, honestly, we, we're like that? We don't, we don't feel it. And, so when, and then when we come in, listen to this. How many of us, because I know I can raise my hand on this. How many of us, when we walk into, maybe it's a weekend service here at the chapel, maybe it's 180, and you walk in and all of a sudden the worship music begins to play and, and you begin to feel slightly uncomfortable. And as people begin to, to praise and, and they begin to, to worship God and they begin to sing, you begin to feel guilty. You begin to have this feeling of guilt or you begin to, to feel bad. Maybe it's something that's kind of been hanging over you from the past. Or maybe it's just something that has happened to you. Or maybe something that you've done that just won't leave you alone. But every time you walk into church, and why there's some, and, and tonight maybe, you know, I, I, hey, maybe I'm talking to the wrong people because you're here, but... Think about your, some of your friends that aren't here. Think about the times maybe that you haven't been here or you haven't come to church because, again, we're just not feeling it. You see, if you feel like you can't worship because you don't feel connected to God. And I think that's part of the biggest thing that we have to overcome as Christ followers is oftentimes we, especially in our society, we look to how we feel. And if we don't feel something, then we say, well, it, God must not be around because I'm not feeling it. It's the same thing to me when, when, when students say, you know, well, so whatever it is isn't fun. Well, fun is an attitude, not an action. You can have fun doing anything you want to do. It's all what you make it. So, but we base everything off of feelings, how we feel. And, and a lot of times we struggle in our relationship. That's why I'm telling you, if you are not going to retreat, you need to reconsider. Because I am telling you, we're, this, this theme or this, this, uh, this retreat that we're doing in the making, I really believe that God is going to do some, some really cool things in, in, in those people that attend. Because I just think that we, we all are, need to understand that we're in the making, that we are all people in process. And we need to, we need, we need to have this weekend to be able to, to look at that. Because there's so many of you that you've said, well, I just don't feel like going to retreat. I don't feel like being away from family. I don't feel, I don't, I don't feel it. I'm not feeling it. Man, I'm telling you. Don't allow your feelings, because I've, I've said this, your feelings can mislead you, right? Just think back to your last bad relationship, and think about your feelings and how they misled you in that relationship. You see, when you think you've done too much wrong to relate to God in a meaningful way, you feel far away, you feel numb. You feel disconnected. And some of you, whether you feel that way right now in your relationship with God, or whether you felt that way in the past, or let me tell you, there will be a time in the future that you will feel that way. But you have to make the decision of how you're going to react. 
Because let me tell you, as somebody that's been married to my incredible wife for what will be 20 years in March, right, there are days that we wake up and we'll be honest, we don't feel in love. You know, we just don't feel it. It's like, you know, she's got to look at this face and smell this breath and everything else and she's not going to feel anything at that point, right? But the fact is, is that we, we look at each other and the commitment that we made and the fact of the matter is that we love each other. Even though we may not feel it, that love is still there. And it's the same thing with our relationship with God. Because how can you love God with all of your heart when your heart feels guilty or shameful? How can you love God with all your heart when your heart feels guilty or shameful? Because some of us have maybe in our past have done some things that we're not proud of and that we look back and we regret. And the problem standing between you and God today is the fact that you haven't been able to forgive yourself. Not that Jesus hasn't forgave you, but that you haven't been able to forgive yourself and allow yourself to move on. So tonight I want to look at this passage that is found in the book of, of Hebrews. Okay. Now the book of Hebrews is an interesting book in the New Testament because really we know who wrote pretty much every book in the Bible, but we don't necessarily know who wrote the book of Hebrews. There was no specific, you know, the, whoever wrote it didn't say, I wrote this book, right? Now, it is, is a widely held belief that, that Paul wrote this book, that just like he did two-thirds of the, the, the New Testament, but he didn't write it. But a lot of big theologians believe that he was the one that wrote it. But anyway, so we don't know who wrote this letter, but we do know this, is we know that it was written to mostly a Jewish audience. So in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 14 and 15, it says this. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. By the power of the eternal Christ, Christ offered himself to God as a, as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates the covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. So here's the thing. Here's what, here's what we need to understand. Because when you read that, it's, a, it's kind of a wordy, a wordy passage, and, and there's a lot in there, right? So let, let's look at this through the Jewish context, and let's kind of take some Jewish context and understand who he was writing it to, because I think it'll help us tonight. When we understand the Jewish context of this book, we understand this, that all ancient religions of the world had a very transactional relationship with the gods they believed in. In other words, it was like, I do this for you, and you do this for me. It was very transactional, okay? There was a transaction that took place. You know, it was, you do this, I do this, and, and just, it's transactional, okay? We get that. So that's the way that, that all the ancient religions functioned. So... In other words, doing certain things made you right with God while doing bad things meant that you'd be punished. So if you did good, you were, you were good. You were rewarded. But if you did bad, you were punished. But here's the thing. Judaism was different. The Jewish people were in a, in a covenant with God. They were in this, this agreement with God where God promised to make them a great nation. In the Old Testament, he said, listen, I'm going to make you a great nation. He also promised that he would always 
be with them. So because the, the Jewish people knew that God was holy and they knew that they weren't, their priests would regularly go yearly into the, into the, the tabernacle to make, into the Holy of Holies to make these sacrifices on their behalf. And he would go in and he would make these sacrifices to be able to cover for their sins and the sins of the people to keep them right with God. And it allowed them to approach God knowing that their sins and their bad decisions weren't getting in the way of that relationship. How many of you have ever been in a dating relationship and you've you maybe made a bad decision? And then, or the per, your, your significant other made a bad decision. And so there was always that, that lost trust, right? And there was, that, it was always between you. And see, that's, that's what it can be like. You, you had to constantly deal with that. And that's the way for a lot of people in the Old, in, in the Old Testament times is, is you know, there was, there was this sin factor. And, and so they knew that with the priest going in and, and making this sacrifice, that it took that away. That they knew that that wasn't getting in the way for them. You see, what Jesus did was unique. What Jesus did was unique. Jesus came saying that God was for people. He was for people. In fact, and to prove that, in fact, Jesus have, had, have done everything wrong. He died on the cross. I'm sorry. And to prove this fact, Jesus, having done nothing wrong, died on a cross to make sure that the message God wanted to send would come across loud and clear. He wanted to make sure that everyone knew things were different moving forward. He wanted to them to know, listen, me dying on the cross is kind of taking this away. So after thousands of years of not seeing a God or, or little gods, right, this way, this was a hard change to accept. I mean, can you imagine religiously that both Jewish people and non-Jewish, the Gentiles, how much of a change this would be for them? It would, let's, let's reverse it. What if all of a sudden something happened and they said, okay, well, you know what, this whole Jesus thing, we got to kind of change it up here. And so now every year you have to make a sacrifice to God. We'd be like, what are you talking about? This is crazy. This is, that's not the way we've always been taught. That's not the way we've always done it. But with Jesus coming, he made, he made the fact clear that what he was doing was taking care. It didn't matter what their, what their feelings were. Right? It, the fact was, is that he died on the cross for our sins. So today we have the death of Jesus to remind us of what we know is true. And it's this. What did I mess up? I know. Anyway, it's supposed to say God has already forgiven you. Right? That's what we, we know that God has already forgiven you. So we can, we can go and we can, we can love God freely. We can love without shame, without guilt, without fear. Because here's the truth. The truth is, the fact is that God loves us freely. You see, when, Joel, go back one for me. Can you find it? There you go. Thanks, buddy. So when it comes to loving God with your whole heart, you need to change the focus from what you've done to what Jesus already did. When it comes to loving God with all of our heart, don't base it on your feelings because your feelings are wrong. 
Your feelings will tell you that you've screwed up too much, that you've done too much, and that God doesn't love you. That's what your feelings will say. Your feelings will say, because I don't feel something when I, when I pray, because when I, when I go to church, I don't get like tingly things down my arms or whatever. I don't feel anything. That means God must not be real. Or God must be mad at me. God, right? We, we base it on what we feel. Listen, I'm still guilty of this. I still struggle with that. I think this is something that everybody has a tendency to struggle with. Because by nature, we are, we are people of feelings. And so we've got to understand that we can't base it on that. We have to look at the truth. We have to look at the facts of what Jesus did for us. Think of it this way. Worship is about the connection, not your perfection. Having a relationship with Jesus coming into 180 or coming into a weekend service at the chapel is not about your perfection. It's about having that connection with God. Our worship time is about a connection, not your perfection. So this means the next time that you find yourself in a mess, you don't have to wait to make a connection with God. You can do it right then. You don't, have to, you don't have to wait for a perfect moment. You don't have to wait. You can do it right then. You can ask God to forgive you. You can ask God to fix the situation. Because, again, it's not based on something that you've done. I'll be honest. I'm really excited. We're going to be talking something about like this on our Saturday morning session at retreat. And actually, Meg's going to be teaching that, that session. And there, we're going to do something. So I'm saying it, so you, I guess you're, you're tied, you have to do it now. But um, you, you, we're going to be doing something at the end of that service um, where we, we're going to be talking about failure. And we're going to be talking about what happens when you mess up. So I, I want to encourage you, again, if you're not signed up for a retreat, be there. But again, when we mess up, it's not the end of the world. We can go to God and he can fix it. So what's keeping you from feeling worthy to connect with God? And I want to stop here just for a moment. I want you to really think. I want, I want everyone to look at the screen. Look at those words. Look at the words on the screen and just focus and think for a moment. What's keeping you from feeling worthy to connect with God? What's coming to your mind? What's, what's God speaking in your heart right now? This, what, what is keeping you from feeling worthy? To connect with God. Now here's the second thing. Now everyone look at me. Now I want you to take that and I want you to lay it aside. Because, because the blood of Jesus has already covered it. It's already done. It's already taken care of. So I want you to find a place, whether it's in your phone. For most of you it will be because you're not going to have paper and pen right now. But I want you to, to write down this phrase. God is for me. Put it somewhere where you'll remember, where you'll see it, that you can pull it out and look at this week when you're feeling discouraged, when you're feeling down. God is for me. God is for me. There are many of you that you've, you have gone through times when you have felt like God was against you. But I want you to know today that God is for you. 
And instead of focusing on your imperfection, think about God's affection in closing the distance between him and you. Think about God's love for you and everything that he has done. To close the gap. Because that's what he wants. He wants wants to close the gap between you and him. Let's pray. Father, I come before you tonight. and Lord, I know that there are those in this room, and Lord, I'm guilty of it. Lord, so many times that maybe we don't pray, maybe we don't read our Bibles like we should because we just don't feel it. We read it, and there's just nothing there. So God, then we, we just kind of, well, that, that, that doesn't work for me, or I'm just not feeling it. Lord, help us to understand that it's in those times, it's in that rhythm of reading our Bible on a regular or at least on a daily basis. It's in that rhythm, Lord, that we grow closer to you, Lord. It's in that rhythm of of praying and seeking after you that we grow closer to you. God, in that rhythm, Lord, there are going to be days that we don't feel it. But God, we've got to understand the difference between our feelings and the facts. Our feelings will tell us that we've done too much. Our feelings will tell us that God doesn't love us. But the fact is that, Lord, you died on the cross for our sins. You died so that we could have eternal life. And Lord, you died on that cross. It doesn't matter what our sins were, God, you covered it. There's nothing that we can do to push you away or to keep you from coming and running after us. So Father, tonight I pray that as we break into our small groups, God, I pray that we'll be able to to really kind of dive deep into some of this stuff, Lord. Because I know that feelings are some of the biggest hindrances in our walks and in our journeys of faith with you, God. So, Father, I pray that you'll be with our small groups tonight. Allow us just to have these, uh, these deeping, deep, meaningful conversations. Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.